Hey there, and welcome back to the Clarity Podcast. This podcast is all about providing clarity, insight, and encouragement for life and mission. And my name is Aaron Santemeyer, and I'm going to be your host. You're probably, if you listen into the podcast frequently, you've probably gathered that I either have a frog in my throat or um, that I've gotten some type of cold, and it would be the latter. I have gotten some type of cold, which makes my voice sound a little more radio-esque, a little deeper than it really is. Um, but just this the time of year and, and the seasons of changing weather and tra- changing um, transitions when it comes to the, the warm and the cold. So, But today we're going to spend some time with Courtney Moore. Courtney was phenomenal to spend some time with, to learn from, to grow in, specifically in the area of women and work. We talk about some different seasons seasons of life and how that can impact women and uh, and work. The challenges that women might face um, uniquely in bearing God's image and, and joining his, his mission and work. We have a, a fascinating discussion on the idea of women in the Old Testament and women in the New Testament and what um, scripturally you could say that women were valued in the Old Testament for and then what were they valued in the New Testament for moving away from beauty and bearing of sons uh, more to value being placed on carrying out the mission of God and the Great Commission. So just some, I really enjoy, I enjoy this subject. It's something um, as we'll talk, we talk in the podcast about is, you know, I started um, my work environment um, in nursing was surrounded by strong women who were using the giftings and talents that God had given them. And so it's been a blessing for me throughout my my life to have had that opportunity and then just to see women um, carrying out and working. And, but understanding the unique balances that they have that I don't have as a father. Um, and uh, we, we delve in and discuss some of those today with Courtney. So just appreciate her being on the podcast. And uh, well... There's no time better than now to get started. So here we go. Greetings and welcome back to the Clarity Podcast. Just so excited to be here again today with a new friend, uh, Courtney Moore. Courtney, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me, Aaron. Such a pleasure. It's a it's an honor to have you with us, um, Courtney. For those I've looked about, studied you on the internet, read the book, um, spent some time gathering information, so I have intelligent questions for us today. Um, but for those who haven't done that, would you mind sharing just a little bit about yourself before we jump into the, into some of those questions? Yeah, absolutely, Aaron. Thank you. So I'm Courtney Moore. I um, am the founder and president of a nonprofit called Women in Work. And we started that five years ago. And so our goal at Women in Work is really to encourage women to confidently step into their God-given calling and view their work as meaningful to the kingdom of God. Whatever work God has called you to, we want to help you connect it to your faith and help you realize how it matters to what He is doing on this planet. Um, And it does matter. And so I am also a pastor's wife and a mom of three kids, and I'm from Alabama, but I live in El Paso, Texas, which is actually desert. I don't know if you know, West Texas is actually desert. So we moved from the humidity of, you know, the Southeast to out here in the desert. And so that's what we're doing. Yeah. Well, I'm a West Virginia boy, and so our connection to Alabama is Nick Saban is the coach for the the role the the Tide, and so that's about all connection I have to Alabama. But uh, we well, are I'm an Auburn fan anyway, oh. so I'm not a huge Nick. <laughs> I'm not I'm not even winning points for that. So here I thought I was going to give you my fun fact from uh, from Alabama, and it's not. Right. 
I, it's That's your right. arch rival. So anyway, uh, but it's it is an honor to have you with us today, and looking forward just to having this conversation uh, with you. So let's let's start there. What does the, you talk about the image of God in women and work? So what do, what does that exactly mean to you when you talk about the image of God? Right. Thanks for the question. The image of God. The Bible says in Genesis one, chapters one and two, that God made man and woman in his image. And so that means that humans, unlike any other thing God created, that we are like God in some special ways. And so um, that means we have intrinsic value and dignity because we are like him. Um, he all, all of creation is valuable and worthy. Um, he talks about the sparrows in, in chapter 10, how they don't fall to the ground apart from him noticing. But it says that you are worth more than many sparrows. And so as image bearers, we, our job is to reflect him, to image him out to the world. And so um, there's a lot to God, though. So there are, you know, some of his attributes um, theologians call incommunicable, which means like we cannot reflect him. We there are certain aspects of who he is, like his immutability, like he never changes. Right. Or he's infinite. Um, and we are very limited and have capacity. And so we can't reflect him in those ways. But there is a whole host of ways that we can reflect him. Um, just how he loves, how he's, how he's gracious, how he is also just and fair. Um, there are so many ways we can reflect him to the world. And I was reading a, a quote, um, actually by, by John Piper about hmm. being made in the image of God. And he, I'll kind of summarize it, but he says, you know, if you were the creator and you created 7 billion statues of yourself, right? What yeah. would it mean to the world? I mean, that people would, you would want people to notice you. And so God created us in his image hmm. so that the whole world is a reflection of him. And, yeah. um, at Women in Work, we'd love to think about how through our work, we can do that in so many ways. Um, so we can we can go there if you want, or I can go ahead. Yeah, and jump let's in and go. Talk let's go. That. Let's go there. Let's go there. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think about. I kind of love the idea of a diamond. How it has all the different cuts, and you know, jewelers will put on when they're displaying that diamond. They'll they'll put it on that you know like a black velvet back cloth, right? And it'll just make that the brilliance of those cuts shine brighter with those lights on it. And so I think through our work, through the very many ways women and men work, we are showing different cuts of the diamond of his mm, character. That's good. And so I love thinking about, um, I don't know if you have any journalists who are listening to the show today, but I think about when a journalist takes the time to investigate a story, they write up the truth of a story. Mm. I mean, what does Jesus say? I am the way, the truth, and the life. Yeah. We reflect his truth in that way. Artists, web designers, really taking something that was nothing, right? Just like God at creation and creating something beautiful um, that is both beautiful in form and in function. It actually works, right? Um, so artists and web designers image him as creator, authors, communicators. Um, I mean, God gave us a book. He's very into communication and words sure. and stories. And so authors and podcasters and communicators can reflect who he is through just spoken word and written yeah. word. Yeah. Um, even lawyers, think about lawyers. Hmm. Um, you have prosecutors, you have defenders, then you got the judge. I mean, you yeah. just have a whole plethora of uh, the character of God and what he's doing. He's um, prosecuting sin, he's defending victims, and he's also judging fairly. And so that's just a snippet of just, I mean, I really encourage our, our, our community at Women in Work to just begin to ask God, God, show me how, and maybe some 
ways I never even considered how I can reflect you through my work. Because a lot of people aren't talking about it, but we yeah. can. And I feel like that's a huge part of why we work. Yeah, that's a good word. Good word. So that that kind of leads into the question, what are some of the unique challenges? Um, you kind of highlight that in the book, the idea that there's urgency of tasks and stewardship, and there's kind of a tension there for unique for women. Um, could you just, yeah, share a little bit more about bearing his image and then some of the unique challenges that women face? Um, yeah, that urgency and stewardships. Um, point. Yeah, no, I think it's a huge question, right? Um, and so I think about how really women and maybe men as well, but women, we really haven't been given a great vision, right, for how we can reflect God in our work. And so there's been this division of sacred and secular. And so we churches have taught us well how to to be disciples in all the spiritual activities, yeah. right? Uh, but we haven't really bridged that gap. And so I think that's one of the big problems um, of imaging God in our works. We just don't have a vision for it and we haven't really been taught how to do it. But I also see um, kind of the elevation uh, and depending on what circle you're coming from, really, for your listeners, where okay. I, you know, coming from the South, from the Bible Belt, I mean, it was really the elevation of marriage and motherhood was where it's at. If you want to honor the Lord, you are all into those lanes and it's a very narrow space. Um, and so I don't think that that really gave us a lot of room to dream and ponder and imagine how might God use me as a unique image bearer? Because we're all mm. different, right? We all have yeah. different skills and talents. And that's where the stewardship comes in yeah. is that, you know, you have gifts that I might not have. And I think about, you know, the parable of the talents in Matthew 15 and Matthew 25, sorry, how those servants were each given different amounts of gifts, different um, capacities, and they all were called to be faithful and actually use them. And only one was too fearful and dug a <laughs> hole and it didn't go well for him, right? Right. Um, so I think that there's a ton of tasks. A lot of the, I'm thinking of just married women right, right now yeah. um, who who still have a partner in the home, have their husband in the home. A lot of those home tasks have, have remained on women. Um, heavily, more heavily maybe than men. And so there's just a ton of those tasks that uh, we have to do. We have to have those. I mean, it's just like this afternoon, my kids are going to come home. We've got to feed them dinner and I've got to get them to baseball practice. <laughs> um, and then laundry. Oh my gosh. Like yeah. we have to have those the school uniforms ready by That's Monday right. morning. They got to yeah. go. Um, so I feel like we really get inundated with that um, to the neglect of being faithful stewards of our gifts and resources that God has given us. And so obviously we want women, if you're a mother, be faithful in that. You have to steward that as well. Cool. You want to be faithful in that. But if there's a way to push back a little bit and say, you know what, I don't want to just drop what God has put within me. I don't want to waste these gifts. God, is there an avenue? Is there a lane in which I could really begin putting these things to use um, not for my name, not for my glory, but really for yours. You know, how might you want to use me? And so um, there's a lot there. No, that's for sure. You know, I, one thing. So I went into nursing. Um, my mom was heavily involved in uh, in church. Uh, she was missionettes, which is like a young women's group in our church. Like maybe, I don't know, maybe like Awana. Um, and uh, she learned to drive the bus because they, there was nobody would drive the bus. She was a go-getter. She would go do things and she was involved in ministry. She was a great mom and she was also involved in ministry um, for sure. And then, you know, I went into nursing and then got to the hospital and I was around, you know, the first time I worked on the floor, I was the only guy with 20 women. Um, they were working. And so I, at a young age, I 
I became very accustomed to working with women and that the strong women with a passion, a zeal, a calling and a desire. And so I just thought that was just the, the way the rest of the world saw things. Um, and then uh, I've come to recognize that it's not a, not exactly that way. Um, and so, yeah, how can how can men how can we encourage women to walk in and steward the giftings that that God has given them and maybe not be a block or not be a hindrance? Is that a fair question? Yeah, I really appreciate that question, actually. Um, And and going back to what you're saying about nursing, the women you were around, I also want to just put out there that, you know, we're all different. And even the capacity that God has given us, I mean, some women I know are just off the charts, just so efficient. They're gifted administratively and they can look at their calendar and and it's just all laid out. And so they are just getting a hundred times more than they're getting things done that I can't do. Right. Because they are just that's just the way God made them. And so I think recognizing learning, really learning, how did God make me? What are my capacities? What am I good at? What can I reasonably accomplish, um, whether it's in the home or on the nursing hall, whatever? Um what is reasonable for me? How has God wired me and how can I be faithful with who he made me to be? So I just want to throw that out there that um, the women listening, that we're all not the same, that we're all different. And we just have to be faithful with who God made us to be in our physical bodies. Right. Sure. Um, But to your question about men, I, I so appreciate the question. And I know the women listening do as well, because when, when I have had my guy friends or even pastors come and affirm me in my work, it has just meant so much more than they even realize, um, more than I even thought I needed, maybe, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, but I think that for men to look at their believing sisters in Christ and say, and just be able, A, to just notice, notice, I see this in you, right? I see that you are good at whatever it is you see yeah. in them. Like just having the eyes to even notice, because yeah. I feel like many times we're all just doing our own things and you're just doing your thing, right? You're yeah. not really thinking about it, but to have your sister in mind to edify her and uplift her and encourage her um, to just a notice. And then second, just speak that. I mm-hmm. see this in you. I'm going to use my actual words and I'm going to encourage you in this. Keep going. Yeah. You're doing great in this. Um, it really does mean so much. Um, and just the other thing I think is to be aware. And I think pastors can do this as well. If there are needs that come up in the church, or maybe, you know, you're, you're not a pastor and you're just serving in your local church and there are needs that come up. Well, because you've already been intentional to think about, oh, this woman over here is really excellent in this category. I think this transferable skill that she's using at work, I think she could really put that over here in the body of Christ and, um, use it in the church a lot. There's not a lot of overlap there. And I mean, I actually know women who, when COVID first hit, um, there was a woman I chatted with who like, she's an actual doctor. That's her actual job. (laughs) And her church was forming like a, you know, a committee to talk about all the protocols and everything. And they just like, did not even think about inviting her Onto the committee and like, this is her whole job. Right. And so she said, okay, maybe they just weren't thinking I'm going to go and I'm just going to offer. Right. Cause this is, this is my realm. That's right. That's what she does. And yeah. And um, they sadly were like, you know, we got it. We got it. You're good. Just go, just go into your, your deal. We got this. And so I just feel like that was such a missed opportunity for her to take 
you know, the stewardship God had given her in the workplace to then serve the church. So I feel like just having the, like I said, noticing, speaking, urge further flourishing in that gift would be huge for women. Yeah. I think the other challenge of it is, um, is I see those who maybe we say, hey, we like the idea of different perspectives. And I think in that example, having a, a female come as a doctor, right? She's trained. She would bring a different perspective, a different insight. But what I've found is that sometimes we say we want that. But then when we have the different perspective, we don't know what to do with the different perspective. Does that hmm. make sense? <laughs> really? I wonder, I mean, I wonder if that's just a matter of humility or yeah. I don't know. Um I think it's a matter of growth. It, that's my assumption from it. It's an assumption of of growth, and that's why I think I've, I've I shared in the beginning. I and I thought, how? Why am I comfortable with strong women? Um, and I think a lot of it is when I was 19 years old, I was working on a nursing floor. You have to be strong to be a nurse. You're making life and death decisions. You can't be willy nilly. You can't be. Let's just see what happens. You you make life and death decisions. And I learned so much from those ladies. I mean, more about life and nursing and whatever. And um, I think that's one thing maybe that God blessed me with at a young age to have those women in my life and to learn from yeah. them and to be comfortable with different perspectives when they speak in. And so I think that's that's that. The other thing I wanted to ask you is sometimes when I've had this conversation, sometimes it's not necessarily men that are blocking or men that are creating a challenge, but sometimes it can be women that have chosen. You talked about different capacities. Sometimes different women have different capacities and sometimes it can be women. So to your sisters, to the women listening in, how can they encourage other women um, that are stewarding the gift that God gave them? Maybe it's not the same gift that they have, but it's the gift that the other person has. How can they encourage them and not be a limiting or... Does that is that a fair question? I've asked oh, you about the guys, a, so now I'm asking question. about the ladies. No, I've actually just been thinking about this, and I want to give your listeners encouragement that if they find themselves in that place where they feel a little dismissive of other women who've made different choices with their work, be encouraged because I I, I used to be there. I, I that's part of actually my journey. I think why the okay. Lord gave me such a passion for this topic. Like I said, I kind of grew up in that very narrow lane, yeah, and I remember. Talking to a friend of mine, she was, is a strong believer in Christ. I had a ton of respect for her walk with the Lord. And I remember she had her baby, her first baby. And at this point I had maybe like two kids. And I remember her telling me, you know, she was going to go back to work full time and she was going to put her baby in daycare. And I just was like, I cannot believe this woman that I just like <laughs> so respect is going to like put her baby in daycare. And so um, the Lord really used that, though, um, to just hammer out some pride in me to show me, you know what, you are not being very accepting of my servant, you know. And so I think going back to what helped me was going back to passages like Romans 14 and 15, where, you know, Paul is really addressing that kind of controversial, um, should we eat meat? sacrifice to idols or not. And there wasn't a clear command in scripture. It was really a matter of conscience and a matter of um, conviction, personal conviction. And so I think for women like I was letting go of this grip of I'm right. And there's one right way to be a woman and one right way to do it um, is actually just a fallacy. It's just not true at all. And um, going back and studying that passage and seeing how the Lord uh, how Paul, you know, gave instruction to them. I mean, the very first verse in chapter 14 was welcome them. Actually yeah. uses the word welcome, welcome mm -hmm. them. 
And, you know, he says, you know, whatever conviction you have, you be confident and strong in that conviction, right? Because if you do something that goes against your conscience, he says later in chapter 15, you know, that would be sin. So be strong in your own personal conviction. But you can't, he says, like, I think it's like before, like you can't judge that person. You can't look down on that person for a choice that is a matter of conscience. And for women, there are so many factors that go into why they work. Um, first of all, they might just be single women who have to pay rent. Well, that's right. <laughs> it's just a flat necessity. Um, so, you know, we can't, that just tells you alone, this is not commanded in scripture yeah. that women must stay home if they become mothers. Um, because you have single women working. You also have single moms who yeah. are in the trenches, man. I so much respect. My mother was a single mom. My parents divorced when I was in the fourth grade. And so she sacrificed and worked so hard for us. Um, so there's all kind of reasons. And I mean, some women just really enjoy work. They just yeah. actually like it yeah. and they're good at it. And they shouldn't feel guilty about that. If yeah. they're doing that um, to the glory of God and really as unto him, um, you know, that's part of what Romans 14 kind of talks about is how um, you should assume that they're doing that yeah. to the glory of God. Whether you eat, it says in there, you know, yeah. they do it for God or whether you don't, you do it for God. And so assuming the best about these women, especially, you know, these believers that that they are living to the, to honor God and that's their yeah. choice. And so I think just like with men um, celebrating those victories of of seeing wow, this woman is amazing at sales. Like, yeah. gosh, I couldn't do that. Yeah. You know, noticing that, celebrating that and her and speaking it. I think yeah. that um, if 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 your friend is um, a realtor and she does excellent work and, hey, you happen to be in the market for a house, like you support yeah. her in her work, use yeah. her or endorse her, like help if you know someone who needs a realtor, you know, like put her name out there, really support her in that way. Um and just even serving this woman, like I just think about uh, I'm on a text thread with some other moms at my kid's school and um, she is an optometrist. And okay. so, you know, they have a clinic. People are coming in all day long and she just put in the text thread. Hey, can someone um, pick up my child and from carpool today? I'm stuck here at the office. They had gotten totally backed up. And there were so many moms that just jumped in and they're like, yes, like I can help you. So, you know, if they need an extra hand, like yeah. offer your hand, right, yeah, to serve sure. these women and support them. And I just even think text messages are such a small way, but communicate such yeah. love. I mean, if you just sent a text or a verse or just a quick little prayer, hey, I'm praying this for you today, um, that's really meaningful. And I feel yeah. like it communicates so much support. Yeah. And it's connection. Connection yeah. in a world that seems to be pulling away from connection. Um, it, it is a point of connection for us to reach out. And as you so uh, said, share love and support. And um, I think we all like to feel like we're known, we matter and we belong. And um, I think right. that those text messages can hit all those three things that we're known, that we matter and that we belong, belong to a community. Seasons of life. Um, so obviously seasons of life, um, our family, we, uh, we moved to the mission field when we had, uh, young, well, we didn't have any, any kids. And then my daughter was born in France and then with Burkina Faso, she was young. And then we had a, a son there. So, and we've seen that seasons of life. And sometimes I think we can look at seasons of life and think, wow, I wish I was in that season. Or when we're in that season, we think, well, I wish I was in this one and not stewarding the season that God has us in at that time. Is, so does, does that make sense? 
Definitely. I think it's such a temptation for all of us, no matter if you're a man or a woman or where you are in life, right? It's always, sure. grass is always greener, right? It is. When it you're is. not, because everything feels so hard. Life is hard. I mean, we live in the fall, you know? Um, so it is hard. And so there are so many challenges to each season. Um, one of the interesting things I feel like for women that men don't deal with is just those childbearing years that really does have a, a huge effect on work. Um, in our book, um, Hannah Anderson wrote a whole chapter on, <clears throat> excuse me, it's called Bodies of Work and how we, as women, show up to work in a female body. And she kind of has this like success sequence that she talks about in there um, to win at work, right? In the kind of American, I guess, success chain, sure. right? How you make it. And number one is at least get a high school education to work yeah. full time. Three, marry before having children. And okay. so a lot of this happens, you know, think about, you know, if you graduate from high school and then if you do get, you know, a four year degree or whatever, you're like right there in your 20s. And so and then, you know, according to her, her calculation, like that's when you should really hone in. You should press. You should work hard. And that's like right at the time women's bodies are saying, no, you need mm -hmm. to have a baby now. Yeah. So um, I think that's it's huge. But I don't want, I, you know, obviously bearing children is, is a gift. It's a yeah. wonderful. I mean, children are a gift from the Lord. And so it's not a hindrance to what God wants for our life. Having children, obviously, I hate that I even have to say this. Right. Right. Um, but I will say if if the Lord is calling you to the marketplace, if you've stepped out of that sequence, you know, it kind of does put you at a little bit of a disadvantage, right? Sure. Um, and so really trusting the Lord in that, trusting God in the season you're in to be faithful to Him, and He will provide. I mean, even if you are stepping back in, um, He knows what He's doing with you, right? He knows what He's doing. And yeah. so um, we can trust Him with that. But I think there's a ton of different seasons we can be in. Like, Sometimes you are just in a, I mean, like you got, we're talking about with the transitions of moving. Oh my gosh. Like, I feel like that's, there's nothing more stressful on the planet than moving, especially <laughs> if you have kids, right? Um, so it's just, wow. Uh, sometimes you go through um, tough health seasons. Maybe your health is just not where you want it to be. Um, seasons where you really feel called to just plug in very hard with your church and you're just yeah. serving hard for a particular season. Um, and then even kind of the economic aspect of, you know, what's my family situation right now? Are we yeah. in a season of want or in a season of picture work as well? But I feel like there's only, you know, seasons really is kind of categorized around the essence of time. And so there's only so much time in a day and um, you can only do so much. And so you just have to be really wise with what you say yes to and yeah. what you say no to. Um, but through it all, Press into the Lord, into knowing Him, and always growing. Part of the Christian life is just that constant progression of sanctification. You're growing, you're learning, you're becoming more like Him. And just to be open to being a learner, open yeah. to what He puts before you so that um, it can almost, like, you know, like if you're not in a season where you feel like, wow, I'm just really um, just leveraging all my gifts for God's glory. Let's say you're in a kind of waiting season, like, don't waste that time, like prepare, learn, listen to more yeah. podcasts, go to yeah. the library and check out yeah. books, <laughs> read, right? I mean, yeah. there's just so much um, that the Lord may be using that season for even just your own sanctification to say, now you're ready. Now I'm going to open this door for you because your character is more solid because you went through this hard time. And now you're prepared to step through what I have for you. So yeah. 
It's a good word. It's a good word. It's a challenging word. As you said, it's uh, we live in a fallen world where we're sometimes we're looking forward or we're looking back, but we're not um, thanking God for where we're at at the present. And um, I've been guilty of that many, many, many days. So, um, but a very good, good, challenging word for us. One of the, the other things you sh- shared about that um, I thought was fascinating was this idea that the New Testament speaks to the value of women differently than that of the Old Testament. And so I think it was the outward beauty and ability to have sons would have been the Old Testament. And so outward of beauty and ability to have sons. And I thought it was interesting. It was we we delineate their sons because it is true. And it challenged me because I looked. So I started looking through the Old Testament. I was like, that, that is definitely true. Um, and the New Testament is where we're judged more on – or did I get that back? I get – no. We're not no longer judged on desirability and fertility. So the Old Testament's more desirability and fertility. The New Testament's not that anymore. Could you just share something about – that's the first time yeah. I've read that. Anywhere. I read a lot of books for the podcast. I'm 250 some episodes of interviews into this. And that's the first time I came across it. So it, it kind of jumped off the page. Well, it's fascinating. I mean, fascinating to me as well. And just so your listeners know, our book um, is a collaborative book. So I was the general editor and we have 10 women who each wrote a chapter. So I mentioned Hannah Anderson's name for her yeah. chapter. And the chapter you're talking about is actually the first chapter in the book. Annalise Fitzpatrick, who um, I came to know her years ago as a, a biblical counselor. I, when I was okay. in seminary, she actually, her her books about counseling were my textbook. So this was wow. such a That's dream cool. for me yeah. to have yeah. her contribute to this book. I can't even tell yeah. you. Um, and so, yeah, she really just blew my mind with this as well. So she really goes back to Genesis and really kind of the foundation of work in the Bible is Genesis 128. When God, you know, he's already created man and woman, and then he gives them what um, we call the creation mandate, where he says, God blessed them and God said to them, and I love how it's them. It's not just the man. The woman's in there, too, to them. Be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth and subdue it, rule the fish of the seas, the birds of the sky, and every creature that crawls on the earth. So they were really called to, you know, take the simplicity of this garden and grow it to be a flourishing society, right? Filled with people and filled with all the things that good society has um, for that, you know, um, serves humanity. And so, and you're right. And throughout this whole Old, Old Testament, um, you have the promise of this Messiah. The Messiah is going to come. And so there is so much emphasis through the Old Testament of women bearing children, whether they could or they couldn't. Of course, you have Eve, the mother of all the living. You have yeah. Sarah. Uh, Abraham's wife, who, you know, was promised this child. It took until they were old and barren to have them. Um, You have Hannah begging the Lord for a child. Um, And so there's just everybody's waiting. Just when is that promised son going to come? Everybody's waiting on this Messiah. And I do feel like the desirability and the beauty, the outward beauty was hand in hand with that, right? I mean, you these women, if they were more beautiful, obviously you would um, have a husband and then possibly bear this Messiah. So you have Abigail um, with David in First Samuel. It talks about, um, it says, she was intelligent. I like how they included that. She was intelligent <laughs> and beautiful. <laughs> it's like a double combination. Oh, That's First Samuel 25, verse 3. Then you have Bathsheba was beautiful. You had Esther. Think about Esther. Oh, my goodness. Right. Like, what was it like six months to a year beauty yeah. treatments to become yeah. queen? Um, so you did. You have this huge emphasis on these bearing children being desirable to hopefully produce the Messiah. 
But then you come to the New Testament and guess what? He's born. Jesus comes in the flesh. We have uh, our Savior. He's born. And so now we move from the creation mandate in Genesis 1 to the Great Commission in in Matthew 28, um, that we are to go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit teaching them to observe everything that Jesus commanded us. And so really the shift moves from the emphasis on bearing children, which we still feel as women, we still feel this um, priority of that as women. Um, But now our main goal is to be a disciple and to make disciples. And so Mm. even women who are barren, even women who will never have children for a variety of reasons, goodness gracious, we're freed up, right? We're freed up because, um, we can have spiritual children. We can make disciples and we are pleasing to the Lord. Our our worth and our value does not come like those Old Testament women who, you know, their worth was really, and social status was tied up in whether or not they had children and sons, like you mentioned. Um, And so there's so much freedom. We live in light of redemption and um, ah, it's just such a beautiful picture. Thank God Uh, he came. Yeah, for sure. And like I said, I've Obviously, grew up in church. Uh, I just, I don't know. Maybe I came across it. And I was just not paying attention. Um, but for this time, it jumped out on the page for me. And um, yeah. I do want to mention, if you're interested in this, you will find Elise Fitzpatrick co-authored a book with a guy named Eric Shoemaker. I love okay. these people. Okay. They wrote, um, they've written two books together, but the first one they wrote is called Worthy, Celebrating the Value of Women. Okay. Excellent. It literally goes from the from Genesis all the way through the Bible and just pulls out the value of women, how yeah. women were just valuable to the grand narrative of God's work. And so you would love it. It talks yeah. a lot about this kind of stuff. I appreciate it. I'll definitely look it up. And uh, I like to read, so I'll read it too. So good deal. So, Miss, um, one of the other things you talk in the book or one of the, the writers in the book talks about is Miss when it comes to women and calling, could you, I, we don't have time to go through them all, but maybe some of the common ones you've, maybe you've experienced, or maybe you've seen other women um, be challenged with, but this idea of myths when it comes to calling. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. So my friend Courtney Powell, she wrote, I think it's chapter three, it's called, am I called? Um, and she does, she goes through some myths and then she gives the truth. And so the first one she mentioned is kind of the saying, I don't know if you've ever heard people say this, but oh, I think you missed your calling here. Like somehow you can (laughs) miss out on what God intended for your life, right? And maybe it's um, because you, um, I don't know, there's many reasons you might, they just think, nope, you've messed it up, right? Maybe your past, maybe you've sinned too much and just really squandered a bunch of time in your life or you started down a career path and realized this is going nowhere. And now you're like 45 and you feel mm-hmm. like it's too late. Um, so the truth of the matter is God is sovereign and he yeah. is just, first of all, you know, our whole path's already written. The whole thing is already done. Uh, we just have the joy of following him and walking in it. So you really cannot mess up God's grand plan for you because sure. um, he is in control. Were you going to say something? I was. I like you were going to jump this in. This made yeah. me think because majority of the people listening to this probably thought you talked about those examples. When you go to language school, that's when you think, I miss my calling. Be- at least for me, <laughs> I'm not a linguist. And I'm thinking, God, you called the wrong guy. I'm from West Virginia. I can barely speak English. And now you want me to speak French, Maury, and all these other languages. And honestly, that same thing, I thought, I missed it. This missions thing is not for me. I had malaria a bunch of times. I'm thinking oh it's not for for a guy like me. But anyway, that resonated when you talked about it. it's, you know, I miss my calling because 
that yeah. thought is deaf. I'm not a woman, but it resonated with me. And if some people, I mean, you might just think it's too late. Let's say that you, yeah. you had a career path that, I mean, I know a person this happened to the career path was actually pretty successful, but you thought it was pretty boring and yeah. you think, Oh no, I, I missed now I'm 50 and I have this dream. I just want to say, if God is putting that on your heart, like try, try, yeah. um, I mean, don't quit your day job yet, but you know, try Who knows if the Lord isn't actually like wanting you to go for it. Um, sure. I think another one that we hear is the call to blank, whatever it is, is the highest calling for women, right? Mm. And it may be, you know, the calling to ministry or the calling to motherhood. Um, this is the the highest calling that you can um, achieve as a, as a human or as a person. And I love how Courtney in her chapter, she really breaks that down and um, talks about how there's actually no hierarchy of callings that mm. all work is important to what God's doing in the kingdom and um that it all it all actually matters. Yeah. And it's very interesting because she talks about how actually the highest calling, just like we talked about a minute ago, is to really just follow the Lord. What is the Lord leading in your life? Obedience to him as a disciple and and one who makes disciples is where it's at. Um and she talks about how there are she provides some nuance here and how if you forget to, or you just choose because you're feeling lazy or whatever, to put the clothes from the washer to the dryer, right? Yeah. That was some work maybe you were called to be faithful at today, right? Okay. There's a consequence for that, but it's not that great, right? <laughs> I mean, you can just rewash them or put sure. them in when you get there. Um, but if you are called to be a heart surgeon or, yeah. a call, you know, in your field, sure. um, the consequences of not being faithful and that category, I mean, it, it's much higher. It's much yeah. greater. And so there's no hierarchy of calling. It's it's all important. The fact that I'm serving my children by drying their clothes is important. Sure. Um, but there's a level there of consequences that yeah. kind of shape into that. But um, what God calls you to, he has a plan for you there, whether it's to be a light among your coworkers or um just even to send an email with a heart of love and say, you know what, no matter I eat, drink or whatever I do, I do it all to the glory of God, even send emails. Yeah, it's a good word. Courtney, it's been an honor to have you with us. One last question. Is there something that you wished or thought, hey, he should have asked this question? I read the book, the, looked over, developed the questions, but sometimes I miss it. So is there something you think I really wish you would have asked about this and I didn't ask about? Hmm. Good question. I will say, you didn't ask about this. Um, yeah, go ahead. Our, we also have a chapter in here. I know you have, you, you talked about working with women and you're yeah. a guy. Yeah. We all, we have an entire chapter in here about how to really navigate those, um, working with men in the workplace, basically. Very um, cool. And so our contributing author, her name is Faith Watley. She worked in an office and even managed men. And so she okay. gives some great, not only, practical insight, but even some theological insight of how the Bible talks about that and how Jesus himself co-labored with women. Yeah. He had a whole little group of women who actually traveled with him yeah. to do ministry, which could be super scandalous today, right? <laughs> women were like traveling with him yeah. um, and his crew. And so we talk about what the Bible says about that, how we can co-labor together and how we can do it in a way that really honors God and the mission that you're called to. So I uh, definitely would encourage your women to to be curious about that. I, it's very practical, very insightful, and um, I really appreciate it. And um, it's been, it's been a joy. Will you pray for us today, whatever direction Absolutely. you'd like to pray. And um, that's how we end the podcast.
Thank you so much. It's been such a pleasure to be on your show. Thank you for having me. Welcome. All right, dear Father, Lord, I just thank you so much for Aaron. I thank you for this podcast, Lord. I thank you for um, all the ways you've been at work in his life, Lord, through his um, just his actual work, through his family, through this podcast, and how he's encouraging listeners. Father, I pray for the listeners themselves that whatever truths, Father, from this conversation, you whatever seed of truth you want to keep planted in them, Lord, I ask you to just help that harvest and that good soil that you would water it, that you would grow it, that you would cause it to flourish, and that um, it would bear fruit in a way that is according to your purpose and according to your will. And so I just pray that you will encourage uh, both the men and the women listening, that um, what they do matters to you, that they are seen, that you see them, that you love them, that you know them, that you have not forgotten about them, even if the work they are in is does not feel fulfilling, God, help them be encouraged that you have them there for a purpose, um, and that if for nothing else, they can image Christ in that work today. And so, Lord, I just pray for power for them as they work as unto you, and um, just encouragement in their souls to keep pressing on and persevering uh, with the strength you supply. And I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. 